On this show, we will discuss elements of the story, which may also include some spoilers. So this is your official spoiler alert. It's okay if you haven't read the book, but if you're looking to avoid having it spoiled, go back, read the book, and then come on back and listen to our conversation. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Not Your Average Book Report, a podcast about children's books where we believe in never losing the childlike joy of reading. My name is Sam, and I'm a grown-up who doesn't act like it, and I'm joined by Sarah, a former high school English teacher with two kids who reads 85 books a year, but what is your goal this year? It's probably higher than that. Actually, I think my goal is 85 this okay. year, and I'm behind. Mm. Way oh. behind. But it's okay. What is it's way February. behind 85? Well, normally I'm like... Right on for the beginning of the year. Like, I think it's a book every four days. Oh my God. Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. And I'm pretty sure I'm four books behind, but the summer and fall are my big catch up time. Okay. So I'm not worried. So but this summer, we're just going to do all boxcar children just to help you that's fine. catch up. That's for fine. Boxcar, um, <laughs> Babysitter's Club, you know. I'm reading a Civil War fiction book. But it's oh, I'm sorry. 800 pages. <laughs> oh, and I remember um, when I got it, I really wanted to read it because I read the synopsis. But then I saw that 800 pages. Like, well, there goes my you're reading like goal for the year. You're like 200 pages in, and you're like, oh. No, I'm six pages in, but it's oh. already really sad. So, oh, well, speaking of sad books. Oh yeah. Sarah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to the first page of our book this week, "The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane" by Kate D. Camillo. And I remember last week we had a whole conversation about how my father's dragon. Didn't have a lot of deep waters mm-hmm. to it. Nope. There wasn't a deeper message. Just, there wasn't even much tone. You know, it nope. was just a fun read. Protecting our hearts. Literally <laughs> before this book even begins. Like, I'm pretty sure this is before the title page. <laughs> There's a quote. The heart breaks and breaks and lives by breaking. It is necessary to go through dark and deeper dark and not to turn. Big start. Oh, no, Sarah. <laughs> what have we done? Yeah, yeah. I would not describe it as the happiest piece of fiction I no. have ever read. No, it is about as Enneagram 4 of a book as you can get. It, um, yes, yes, <laughs> this is it. Fours, <laughs> if you need to be in a book. If you're an Enneagram it. 4 who wants to feel all <laughs> of your feels. Uh, but that was, The Tale of Despero was the same way, so I was... A little aware of what I'd done to us. It wasn't a complete accident. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Everything's so fine. <laughs> everything is fine. No, it's not. Uh, this is The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane by Kate D. Camillo, published in 2006. Did you know her first book she published because of when Dixie won the Newbery Honor? She won the Newbery Medal later with the Tale of Despero and won it again in 2013 for Flora and Ulysses, making her one of six writers to win two of the awards. Wow. Can you name any of the others? No. J.K. Rowling? No. Okay. She has actually... She doesn't win anything, does she? I don't think Harry Potter has ever won I don't think so, which is weird. It's just one in the bank. Right. She just won the biggest bank account. It's won so every other award. You've got to decide what matters. Make your author worth over a billion dollars <laughs> award. I'm not going to read all these authors on okay. here, but one of them is E.L. Koningsberg. Oh. Of How about that? Basil Frankweiler fame. How about as well, that? Lois Lowry. Have you uh-huh. read Number of the Stars yep. or The Giver? Yep. Those are the only number, the uh, the only. Those are on my list names, of potentials for the giver. Would the be giver, fun. number of the stars. Maybe not fun. Number the giver us. being heavy. Yeah. Oh gosh, number of the stars too. Uh, a couple other names on here were uh, Joseph Crumgold and now Miguel and mm. Onion John. I'd never heard of these. No. Catherine Paterson, Bridget Terabithia. Yeah. Maybe Patterson. I don't know. Yeah. I probably just butchered that. That's fine. Uh, you just have an accent. <laughs> and Elizabeth George Spear, the Witch of Blackbird Pond. I feel like I've heard that of that That sounds familiar. One. I don't think I've read it. 
Yeah, she's one of two. Cool. Uh, she's one of six authors to win the Newbery Medal twice. That's amazing. Um, she got the idea for this book after a friend gave her a rabbit doll for Christmas, and not long after, she had the image of him at the bottom of the sea, lost and alone. Mm. So I want to know what she's Kate so DiCamillo sad. thinks about on a daily basis. Seriously, she's a little sad. Well, they asked her if this book came from her own childhood, and she said, everything that I write comes from my childhood. Oh. In one way or another, I'm forever drawing on the sense of mystery and wonder and possibility that pervaded that time of my life. Hmm. Okay, that sounds a little bit more, not positive, but... She is subtly redemptive. Yeah. Like, I remember with Tale of Despero, just, I mean, I read that book in probably a day because it was so yeah. good, but it's it's heavy. It's not... And even in the way she writes, it's not very, like, it's, it's poetic. It's mm-hmm. almost like verse. Yeah. In a lot of places, because she's a very talented writer, but yeah. you feel. Yeah. Like, everything has this singular tone. For for me, I felt like there's, like, this one note that's playing in yeah. the background the whole time that's kind of sad. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Sam, did you have a, like, stuffed animal or something when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. I had a Barney. I a still Barney. have him. Mm-hmm. He has a little tear in his foot. On, I think it's his right or left foot, mm. and he has that. He's had that as long as I can remember. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I, I have had a, a I had a teddy bear aptly named Teddy. Teddy creative or bear, yeah. depending <laughs> on the day. I had him from birth to. Uh, he's currently in Davis's bed. Really? Um, they just found him. He was actually buried in our studio closet, aka our bonus room, but mm-hmm. it's also a podcast, our podcast studio. studio yeah. Um that and I had a pink blanket and so my children divided those mm. and he um traveled many times and got lost many times and mm. got mailed to us many times and my dad spent really? lots of hours looking for him because I loved him so much that I lost yeah. him. And then my dad would find him or call hotels. And what ask was his for longest him. journey he ever made? I want to say, and my parents, after they listen to this, will surely tell me. Um, I believe that we were traveling cross country for something, or it was somebody's wedding, and we were in Colorado, and he got left in a hotel, and I think he got mailed to either the East Coast <laughs> or the West Coast. One of the two. We lived All over far the place. away. So, mm. yeah, he was. So I. I resonated with this a yeah. little bit. A little Do bit. your I was children to... have stuffed animals? What are what are some names and some? Well, my children have many stuffed animals. If there are any children listening to this who don't have stuffed animals and need one, <laughs> call me. Call me. Um, they don't have one that's like they're super. Cl- well, actually, that's a lie. I just lied. Davis has one little penguin. Have you met Waddles? I have met Waddles. Yes. <laughs> Waddles came from the aquarium. Okay. He was a $5 toy to get my kids out the door. And he's, how many inches is that? Five? Six inches <laughs> tall. But he is the most favored stuffed animal in our mm. house. And Waddles goes missing a lot because he's six inches tall and black. And so in the middle of the night, Waddles is hard to find. Okay. Waddles <laughs> falls out of bed, right? Falls out of bed, moves anywhere. Yeah. There's a situation though where he can't go to bed unless Waddles is close by. Not sometimes, but it's more he can't go back to sleep if Waddles isn't there. Like oh. if Waddles started in bed with him, he has to be there at all hours. But if he um forgets about him, he can go to sleep okay. like at night without him. So he's I think I was that situation with Barney if he had to be there. I found Barney. My mom was going through the attic and found Barney and I remember she gave him to me. I felt something. Mm-hmm. Because the smell of it yeah, like reminded me of something. And That's it was, funny. I'm not saying like in that moment, I felt like, 
an overwhelming sense of safety, but there was this sense of like, oh, like mm-hmm. that's still stored in me yeah. somewhere. So this is me at 30 years old on a podcast, officially detaching from my high school self saying, I still feel safe with my stuffed animal. I mean, Admitting we, that a stuffed animal. It's fine. When we pulled out my bear from the closet, I immediately just wanted to hug it. Yeah. I yes. just was like, let me just snuggle that. And yep. my kids, they took it and Comes I was right like, right hey, that's special. It's special. I Harper felt likes weird. the word special. Harper loves the word special. Mm, she said that on our podcast. That's right. On the episode of My Father's oh, Dragon. Y'all should check it out. Oh, check it out. She's the best. You bet you have to listen to the whole thing to get to her. That is true. <laughs> yeah, we definitely buried the lead on that one. So, The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane is about Edward, who is a China rabbit. What? I don't know what a China rabbit, what makes a rabbit a China rabbit? Is that a... So, like, they're glass. Have you ever seen one of the China dolls? No. I used to have one of those. Too bad I don't anymore. They're kind of creepy. Yeah. You know those dolls that have China face? Like, yes. He's one of those. So I would he's made assume, of glass. Okay. I would assume his head's made out of glass, but his body is probably right. made out of something softer. Well, they talked about like he has like wiring in him. So he yeah. Can, okay. So his head was made of China. Okay. That makes sense. Which I never understood China dolls. The they creepy creep me out. And they're inappropriate gifts for children. Oh, the scene at the end of this book. Mm-hmm was upsetting. <laughs> but Edward belongs to a 10-year-old girl named Abilene, and she loves Edward. Like, Edward is the He's Waddles. Toy. He's treated like a member of the family. Yeah. He has a seat at the dinner table. Yeah. But he's also incredibly vain. What was your first reading of Edward when you met him? I did not like Edward. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of connected him being porcelain to my dislike of him mm-hmm. because there's that hard exterior uh but also just i said porcelain dolls are not made for children they're a horrible thing for children because they're hard and unbreakable and creepy creepy but with edward i just i didn't like him i was like he's not soft and comforting and whatever and when we meet him he doesn't care about abilene at all He loves being set in the window when she goes to school because he can see his own reflection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's just Vain. very, about as narcissistic as it gets. Yeah. But all that changes when Abilene takes him on their family's trip on the Queen Mary. Yes. Through some really unfortunate circumstances, Edward finds himself naked and on the bottom of the ocean. Overboard. Oh. That scene, I just remember feeling that so intensely, mm-hmm. the being at the bottom of the ocean, how alone he is. He can't close his eyes. And like, I know the bottom of the ocean is like two miles down. Yeah. Super like dark. that's about as dark and lonely mm-hmm. as it gets. As he's going down, it says far above him, the ocean liner with Abilene aboard it sailed blithely on mm. and the China rabbit landed finally on the ocean floor face down. And there with his head in the muck, he experienced his first genuine and true emotion. Edward Tulane was afraid this book (laughs) (laughs) what makes you react like that because i i can relate to that feeling one it's just that feeling of being in the ocean Mm -hmm. watching the ship sail away Mm -hmm. like that's i feel that but also just that sense of wanting desperately for help to come and knowing Mm -hmm. that it's not going to yeah that is relatable but it's also just so painful yeah like i feel for him in this moment i did pity him too like his face he's face down head in the muck Mm -hmm. which he can't breathe because he's not real so that's not a thing but like i think we've all experienced that where we feel like we're face down in the muck 
and we have no way of getting ourselves out of it. Mm -hmm. We need a wave to come. And that feeling of just, this is awful. I did pity him a little bit, but it took me a while to pity him more. (laughs) An act of grace, the wave does come, picks him Mm -hmm. up off the sea. He gets picked up by a fisherman who takes him home. And kind of fast forwarding a little bit, Mm -hmm. because there's just a successive group of stories mm-hmm. where he gets found by somebody who loves him and who he starts to love. Yeah. Like first it's the fisherman and his wife, but then her horrible sister come, or their, their, daughter their daughter comes and throws him out. And mm-hmm. then he gets found by this hobo and his sweet dog mm-hmm. and he travels around. And the theme that popped out of that for me that was really interesting was that everybody talked to Edward. Yeah. He was, for some reason they were like, they would tell him things secrets and yeah. they would share their hearts with him and even uh, they talked about other hobos would want to borrow Edward mm-hmm. so they could tell him things which is kind of weird but also kind of sweet that, yeah because this book is about him learning to love he learns mm-hmm. to love by listening to people yeah. and hearing their stories well and part of me I went back and forth is it weird that everybody talked to him is it not weird but then I sort of thought one thing that I have learned in life is people want to be heard mm-hmm. and people want to be seen and I mean, we people talk to their dogs and dogs aren't yeah. going to say anything or to their cats or to the air. And sometimes you just need a voice. And for some reason, and maybe it's that connection to childhood because mm-hmm. I talked to Teddy slash bear, yeah. you know, I told him he was my comfort. And so it is that connection of looking at that face and being like, you know what? I can say what I need to say to this and yeah. there's not going to be judgment or anything. He's just going to just... A face to stare at. This is a friend. A friend, yeah. And a friend who brings you comfort. And that's something I've learned is that the only people I'll be truly honest with are the people I feel safest Mm -hmm. with. And I think about like even as a child, a young child won't feel safe unless they have their stuffed animal. They won't go to sleep without it because they don't feel safe. Right. And it's that same type of safety feeling. And for some reason, Edward is able to give this to people. And he's not doing anything. That's what's fascinating about the story is Edward is literally a stuffed animal. He cannot move. He can't walk. He never comes to life. This whole story is about a character who's really just exists, but he listens to people. Right. And they don't actually know that he's listening. Right. You know what I mean? But it's something about his eyes, right? right, They say like his eyes makes them feel like they're being heard. But we get his internal perspective and his point of view, but the people who are talking to him can see his eyes, but... They don't know that he is thinking right, and has his thoughts, which right. is interesting. And is, through the process of listening to them, coming to kind of love them and yeah. feel things for them. What's up, everybody? This is Sam taking a quick moment to say thank you so much for the enthusiasm that you've shown for our show. It means so much that you're listening out there. We specifically want to give a shout out to our listeners in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I've never been to South Dakota. It's on my list for sure. But all of you up there, thank you so much. We love you. I'd also like to give a shout out to Kyle, who left us a great review. Kyle, I know you're out there listening with a big smile on your face. If you haven't done so already, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It is so helpful. I mean it. It is so helpful. And we just love hearing from you. Give us five stars, four stars. Well, mm, don't give us four stars. That's up to you. I can't tell you what to do. Anyways, that's all for me. Back to the show. After this scene with the hobo, Edward ends up falling off of a train and he gets picked up 
eventually by this little boy named Bryce who takes him home to his little sister, Sarah Ruth, who is basically dying from Mm -hmm. tuberculosis. And this is where we really see Edward different. Yeah. Because he genuinely loves Sarah Ruth. Yeah. um, And offers her so much comfort. Same thing. She talks to him. She's her friend. And we see some scenes with their father who comes to them. And their father is an alcoholic who doesn't Mm -hmm. like being around. Bryce is the one who takes care of this little girl. I read this book at a Firestone because I got a flat tire. (laughs) Um, And I cried even there a little bit, but I like hit it. I think if I'd read this book like by myself in the chair at home, I'd have wept. Specifically at these scenes with Sarah Mm -hmm. Ruth because it is just heartbreaking. What was that scene for you? I did not weep. And I can't remember why. Because you're heartless. No, I'm just kidding. Because I'm heartless. <laughs> um, that's actually why I had my heart removed a few years ago. It's weird. So one of the things that first stood out to me about Sarah Ruth and Bryce was when he gets Edward and he says, I'm going to take you to Sarah Ruth. He says, um, she had her baby doll made out of China. She loved that baby doll, but he broke it. He broke it. He was drunk and stepped on that baby's head and smashed it into a hundred million pieces. Then pieces were so small, I couldn't make them go back together. I couldn't. I tried and I tried. Really, I think my connection wasn't even so much anything that Edward did or thought, but this little boy, Bryce, Hmm. just loving his sister and caring for her. And I mean, he did everything for her. All he wanted was for her to feel better. And that... Really, and it's the mom in me. It's I see my children love each other well, and mm-hmm. it's just like this moment where he's a little boy taking on the weight of a man and yeah. also going toe to toe with a man yeah. and saying, You're not going to break my sister's toy, I'm not going to mm-hmm. just let that happen. Like, there's going to, I'm going to find right. some way to fix it. But what's awesome about his manhood is that he has to be the man of the house, but he also has this really tender heart for his little sister, which makes him so much more of a man than his father is. But then at the end of Sarah Ruth and Bryce's story, when she eventually dies, the father is devastated by it. So then it makes you wonder too, what, what about the alcoholism? Like what led to that? Did he drink? Yeah. What happened to their, did they say what happened to the mother? I don't think so. I don't think so. So what happened with that? You know, something, you know, he, he did love her. Yeah. Not excusing any of the, his behavior, but like mm-hmm. he was still shattered by it too. And right. you just, it's sad. It is. It was just sad. Like, <laughs> And I think the part for me that really, like Edward's broken up about this. Cause there's even this scene where he has a dream. It's, it's kind of a strangely beautiful scene. Cause he goes back to the house on Egypt street where he's from and mm-hmm. all the people he's loved are there, which is something for me that I get. Like one of the realities of heaven is that the people that you've loved are there. Mm-hmm. And that was a beautiful scene just to to see yeah. all those people. And, and you feel for them. She's a good writer and that all yeah. these characters that Edward comes to love, you love as well because they share their hearts with them and right. you see their hearts and you can't help but love them. And so to see them all again. And at the end, Sarah Ruth's up in the stars and Edward wants to go mm. join her and they won't let him. Yeah. As if like he still has something here that he has to do. They give him like a not yet. Yeah. And then he wakes up and he's back in a, in <laughs> he's a, back in a store with a doll shop. Dolls. Yes. Just horrifying. This book is about having a hard heart. Mm-hmm. It really is. But what I love about the message of this book is that the antidote for a hard heart doesn't start with just loving people. Mm-hmm. The antidote to a hard heart is to let ourselves be loved. Yeah. 
And Edward learns the hard lesson of if you love something, if your heart is soft, it means it can be wounded. Mm -hmm. It means it can be hurt. And he, at the end, he wants to close off. He's in this doll shop. And then we get this conversation Edward has with this China doll who's been completely broken and put back together. And the old doll says, I wonder who will come for me this time. Someone will come. Someone always comes. Who will it be? I don't care if anyone comes for me, said Edward. But that's dreadful, said the old doll. There's no point in going on if you feel that way. No point at all. You must be awash in hope. You must wonder who will love you, whom you will love next. I am done with being loved, Edward told her. I'm done with loving. It's too painful. Hmm. It makes me think of the Velveteen Rabbit where he becomes real. And I have this um, print that talks uh, from the Velveteen Rabbit where it says, real isn't how you are made. It's a thing that happens to you. When a child loves you for a long, long time, not just to play with, but really loves you, then you become real. Does it hurt? Asked the rabbit. Sometimes, said the skin horse, for he was always truthful. But when you're real, you don't mind being hurt. Mm. And that that just sort of con- connected in my head. I don't have a lot of long, deep thoughts about that. But yeah, that willingness and it's not easy to care. It's yeah. a risk. But it's worth it. Yeah. It reminded me of a C.S. Lewis quote. Um, Look at us quoting everything. Bam, bam. Um, This is from The Four Loves. It says, to love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even Mm -hmm. an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Mm. Lock it up safe in the casket of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. Thanks, C.S. Lewis. And that, that's what this book is mm-hmm. about. Because Edward goes on in this conversation with this doll. After he says, I'm done with being loved, the doll says, Psh, where is your courage? Somewhere else, I guess, said Edward. You disappoint me, she said. You disappoint me greatly. If you have no intention of loving or being loved, then the whole journey is pointless. You might as well leap from the shelf right now and let yourself shatter into a million pieces. Get it over with. Get it all over with now. (laughs) She's really dark, but she's essentially saying that the purpose of this is to love and Mm -hmm. be loved. That resonated with me. Yeah. Because it's easy to get caught up in things, like all the things I'm stressed about today. Right. And to forget, like, where am I being loved? Yeah. And if I'm not being loved, that means I'm not loving people. Right. Another podcaster, totally different subject matter, she asks a lot, what matters? And Mm -hmm. that's something that I ask myself quite often now in the day-to-day, in the bigger scheme of things, like what matters to me and Mm -hmm. why am I doing this, you know? And that's a question um, I think connects with this too is what's it all for? Like if you don't have a sense of purpose if you're being Edward and you're closing off and keeping that heart locked up. Why? What's the point? Later in this conversation, it says Edward felt his heart stir. Mm -hmm. No, he told his heart, not possible, not possible. And then this little girl comes into the store and picks this broken China doll. And her father asks why. And the little girl says, she needs me. And as the doll is leaving, she says to Edward, open your heart. Someone will come. Someone will come for you. But first, you must open your heart. The door closed. The sunlight disappeared. Someone will come. No, no, he told himself. I don't believe it. Don't let yourself believe it. But it was too late. 
Someone will come for you. The China rabbit's heart had begun again to open. I think for me, this is where, like what I love about this book is that the first step is to let yourself be loved. Mm -hmm. This thing smells like Jesus. And what my faith has taught me, what the gospel actually is, is that he loved me first. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how much our natures and our sinful selves will just cause us to retreat and harden and not let anything in. Mm -hmm. But the Bible talks about like his kindness leads us to repentance. Yeah. It's almost like for some of us, the first thing we have to understand is that God loves us. Right. Yes. And amen. And open our hearts to that. Yeah. And yes, it's vulnerable. And yes, it's scary. And yes, you can get hurt. Someone will come for you. Somebody will come for you. And that's, that's the Christian story. That is. That's Someone absolutely has it. come for you. So then we get to the very last chapter, chapter of this book, mm-hmm. and someone does come for him. Yep. And this moment of all the moments in the book, I did not tear up, maybe because my soul is a little blackened right now. Um, <laughs> but this part of the end made me choke up. Mm. Because a little girl and her mother come into the shop that Edward's in, and... The girl's looking around as children do, and the mom says, we're not buying anything today. (laughs) And how many times have I said that? Probably nine million. We're not buying anything today. And then she sees the rabbit. It's just, just, we need to read it. We need to read that. You want to do it? You want me to? You can do it. Look, mama, said Maggie. Look at him. I see him, said the woman. (laughs) She dropped the umbrella. She put her hand in the locket that hung around her neck, and Edward saw that it was not a locket at all, It was a watch, a pocket watch. It was his watch. Edward, said Abilene. Yes, said Edward. Edward, she said again, certain this time. Yes, said Edward. Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 it's me. That moment of all, like I said, of all the moments, that one got to me. And it might have been because recently my children pulled out my old teddy bear. And it was just this moment of just comfort and be known, which is kind of silly to connect to my teddy bear, but like the whole circle, I kind of always thought that my bear knew me, talked to me, recognized me Mm -hmm. kind of thing, the whole Toy Story thing. Um, (laughs) But that moment, it just, the cherry on top. It's a great story. As a parent, talk to me about what does it feel like for reading with your kids? What do you you think conversations with kids that you'd want to have? I thought about this. In what age do I think it's most appropriate? Because it's not very difficult language. Mm -mm. You know, it's pretty simple language, but um, I feel like it would be a conversation or a book. Just It's kind of long. It's a fast read, but it is long. It's Mm -hmm. 200 pages. Um, I feel like it would at least be first grade, maybe second or third. Mm -hmm. Um, But just... It deals with so many different complex layers. You don't have to cover them all in one reading. But, I mean, the lost toy. Lots of kids would be like, oh, Mm -hmm. no, the toy's lost. But then you also talk about Sarah Ruth dying. And that's a layer. But then also her dad. But I feel like they were presented in a way that you don't necessarily have to dive into, like, her father being an alcoholic in a way Mm -hmm. that's inappropriate for children. Yeah. I think for me, it's a book I wish I'd read. Yeah, me too. When I was younger, just to see so much of myself in Edward's mm-hmm. shoes. Um, I don't think I struggled with necessarily like narcissism as a kid. To hear that message of someone will come. Yeah. Like if you open your heart, someone will come. Yeah. I, th- I think that's why I did bring up yeah. faith in this episode because my faith in Jesus well, has me believing that 
he is the person who will show up. And I think in thinking about that, the thing is the person who's going to come is not always the person you expect. Because right. if we think about Jesus in the Bible, he was not who they expected right. in any way, shape, or form. He's kind of a hobo. He was kind of a hobo. <laughs> but you think about Edward, like the people that he came across, mm-hmm. an old couple who must have had a child lost, uh, a homeless man, you know, like the people who were coming were not who he expected. And right. then it was grown up Abilene and right. her daughter, totally unexpected. And so it's like right. nobody expected Jesus. Right. And that's the kind of thing I don't know. I don't know if a kid's going to grasp it, but I want them to know that. Mm-hmm. That's right. The conversation I want to keep having on this podcast is... Why do we read children's? Why mm-hmm. is it matter for children? Because there's so many themes that as adults, we're, we're crying over right. it. And it's like, does a kid really understand that? And one, I think kids are way sharper than we give them credit oh, for. Oh, totally. But two, I also think these things are just laying foundations mm-hmm. that these are investments that five, 10, 15 years down the road, these kids will remember. Absolutely. I want to close with a quote from Kate. She said, The best thing I know to tell parents and teachers about motivating young readers is that reading should not be presented to them as a chore, a duty. It should instead be offered as a gift. Look, I will help you unwrap this miraculous present. I will show you how to use it for your own satisfaction and education and deep, intense pleasure. It distresses me that parents insist that the children read or make them read. I think the best way for children to treasure reading is for them to see the adults in their lives reading for their own pleasure. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, Sam, do you want to announce what our next book is? I think I'm going to have you announce it. <laughs> okay. Because I'm, I just want to... Like clap and cheer for this one because I'm excited. So um, we're so excited about this. We have talked, this has been on our list, our Google Doc of potentials. Mm. And the day has finally come. So our next book, and we would love for you to join us, is Holes. How do you say digging his last? Up, bump, bump, digging, Lewis digging Satcher? Lewis Sakar. Sakar. Holes. Just Google it. <laughs> yeah. Join our adventures with Stanley Yale Nats. That's right. And Madame Zaroni. Can't wait. And I then wait. maybe I'll watch the movie again. Yeah. Just throw back. The movie was good. It was good. I actually very much enjoyed it. Yeah. A little Shia LaBeouf. Before he yeah, descended into darkness. But Anyways. <laughs> that's it. Thank you all so much <laughs> for joining us this week. We had a great time. Sarah, until next time. Until next time. I usually introduce this thing. Hello, everybody. Hello, I'm Sam. I'm Sam from Wisconsin. <laughs> How are you doing there? Oh, yeah, sure, you betcha. I know you're still bummed about the Packers and dropping that one. Okay. <laughs> all <laughs> that right. Was all, that was all recorded. <laughs>